there's some podcast characters that are in the <laughs> in the movie in the beginning. It's so of this time that like every film, if they really want to have super douchey characters, they're always on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I always chuckle and I always die a little inside. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 524 with a review of Halloween. We'll let you guess which year. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are here to review uh, 2018's Halloween and... uh, in a roundabout way, we're probably going to be doing a little bit of reviewing of uh, 1978's Halloween as well, because this is the sequel to that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Uh, so, ground rules, we are not going to acknowledge any sequels between these two movies, right? I, I think that is the official stance of the universe. Right, we will take that stance as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're here, we're talking about horror films again, um... We so we don't always cover horror films, and sometimes in the past we have covered horror films which you have not participated in. Yeah, almost always. <laughs> and sometimes we just haven't gotten to do a review because I saw it, but I wasn't going to do a review by myself. Because <laughs> you're scared. <laughs> yeah, I was too scared to do the review by myself. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're here. We're talking about horror films. Um, what I mean, I'm hinting at it right now, but what is your sort of... Uh, what, what, what is your opinion on the genre as far as you being a enjoyer of it? Yeah, I, I am not a fan of horror movies at all. Um, I think maybe that is starting to change only because the last few that I've been forced to do for this podcast, I have wound up like usually not having as like scary a time as I am thinking I will. Yeah. So maybe like I've turned that corner in my brain where now I'm just so cynical. I'm like, that's not fucking real. And the <laughs> things that used to scare me don't anymore. But so the kind that I really, there are trailers before this movie that scared me in ways that the movie didn't do. Like not, not to spoil this movie one way or another, but there are images where if an image is disturbing enough and I can project that onto my own daily life, yeah. that can fuck me up. Like that, cause that becomes a thing that I think about all the time. Right. Um, we reviewed it last year, yeah. the new it movie. Weird, scary, the nun lady. Yeah, yeah, that, that weird nun lady. Like I became afraid of her for a while in my apartment. <laughs> there was maybe like an eight month period of time, and that's me being generous. It's like still true, uh, where I like would be afraid to leave my bedroom door open because I would imagine like a fucking clown running around all of a sudden. The little, not the big one, the little like the little one that's like. <laughs> holding a balloon and going like come and get blah, 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 or whatever he says I, I, the details are shady <laughs> you're, you're scared of something you can't even visualize right now well vague things are scary specific yeah. things are not scary that is why you don't show the monster right like yeah, yeah, it is scary definitely. it it is terrifying to be around like a vague threat and i think what a a certain variety of good horror movie does is like gives you the feeling of the threat of everyday life, the threat of every corner, of every light switch you haven't turned on yet, of every window that the blinds are shut, and you know if you fucking opened it, there would be a face out there. Um, and that screws with me. So yeah, I I cannot properly enjoy horror movies most of the time because 
I can front load the adrenaline of yeah. like a good time, and I know I'm going to pay that back with like three months of hating my life. <laughs> so, what about with uh, the house of the clock in its wall? We never did a follow up to that. Did, was any of the imagery? No. Okay. No, that didn't scare those me. Those puppets were creepy, though. Those little sure, weird puppets yeah. in the basement. Those were scary as hell. Yeah, but th- those didn't give me nightmares or anything <laughs> like that. What about you, Chris? Um. So I I sort of wrote off horror films a lot growing up, just because. A, my parents weren't going <laughs> to like watch them with me. Uh, and B, they were just a genre of film that I didn't really get excited about. I think as I've gotten older and as I've spent time like through the podcast over the last like 10 years or whatever it's been, like going to see some of these things, I enjoy the little goosebumps that I get watching films. I enjoy mm-hmm. the being creeped out by moments. I don't usually carry those with me as I leave the theater, but I do enjoy sitting in a moment of just being weirded out um so uh, yeah so I, i'm excited when new ones come out i'm excited when there are comedy horror films like uh happy death day which i, can I live enjoyed with last year yeah um you're gonna go watch that one now so I we am. can do a review of that once it's ready to come out um so yeah i i, I think the i think the horror genre is fun it's not always great or stellar um a lot of the times I have to do homework and go back and revisit films, uh, which we may get to in a little bit uh, before I can go see the one that we're going to be reviewing. Um, but it, it is a thing that I can I can get I can get behind. I can, so I can do you remember what is the last one that we reviewed? Because I remember going over this rant not that long ago. Yeah. Hmm, do not remember. Because typically I feel like it was the last one that we did. Oh, I, I don't know. I feel like there had to be some in between those. Um, but, but anyway, typically, typically I've been making an exception for like acclaimed movies or movies that I think likely will be, right? Like I did The Babadook. Uh, I did The Witch. Um, I wasn't around for It Follows. Yeah. I, I don't think I boycotted that. I almost watched it this weekend just because I think the thing It Follows is like riffing on is like a thing that the original Halloween, if not started, at least is like definitely a hall bearer for of the relationship between sex and horror and like horror as it pertains to like morality stories about teenage sexuality. <laughs> um so that is how far I've come is I almost like on my own at night watched It Follows last <laughs> night just because I wanted to have somebody to talk about it, on the podcast. It follows might creep you out more than some other things that you've seen. Yeah, just from Verbal descriptions of it have creeped me out. Yeah, yeah. There's at least one shot I know that will... Let's just say you definitely won't be able to have your door open into the hallway at night. I wonder <laughs> how many of us there are in the world who have seen Under the Silver Lake and have not seen It Follows. I might be one of the only people who did that. Not, not, but nice, I'm not sorry. Nice slide drop <laughs> that you've seen Under the Silver Lake. Well, just everyone in that theater that I was with were like, I wonder what he's doing now because It Follows was so good. And I was yeah. like, I haven't seen It Follows sad um but uh yeah should we get into this review yeah all right we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for i almost said it follows but it's not what it is halloween 2018 uh and and then we're gonna come back and give you guys a review Three people. 
after that horrific night, he was sent back to the institution in captivity. security system, Karen. Mom, you need help. Evil is real. There's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I've been preparing for this for a long time. It is not safe to be on the street tonight. Go home! Get out of here! Get inside! Michael! He's here. So that was the trailer for Halloween. Um, in the original Halloween, uh, a young child uh, murders his sister and then is put away in a like, mental institution, I guess, and eventually escapes and goes on a little killing spree, uh, of which there just is... Just a little one. I mean, it's just it's a five people, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even <laughs> a spree. That's, I, I think the five even You're not counts, even in monster mode yet, I don't the think. The five counts the sister. I mean, you got to, like complete the hand after mm. you get out. You can't just like include somebody from 20 years ago or whatever it was. Uh, anyways, so he, um, if also, I mean, spoilers for the original Halloween. We don't see him be apprehended at the end of that. No, film. We don't. he just escapes. And then we're supposed to ignore the films in between, but also he's been in prison since that last film. Right. Unimportant. This movie sort like has like one sentence to kind of explain that. Is the sentence, I was there the night he was arrested? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just making sure we're on the same page. Uh, <laughs> Establishing that he was indeed arrested. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so here we are now once again. He has been put away. Uh, and uh, while he's being transported to a new facility, something happens and uh, he is set loose again. Um Jamie Lee Curtis, who is the survivor from the flight first film, has been waiting and praying every night that he would eventually escape. And now it's time for her to try to protect her family um, and uh, hopefully take down Michael Myers before he can make another Austin Powers film. <laughs> I was going to make a Wayne's World joke, but you beat me. <laughs> can we both agree we just don't want him to make the love guru? <laughs> I just don't want him to make Shrek's or... Austin Powers again. Hmm. But anyways, different Michael Myers, obviously. Uh, but 
what did you think of, of both films? Yeah, uh, so we both actually watched the original Halloween this weekend as well, leading up to this review. So I think both movies are very fresh in our minds right yeah. now. I finished it like an hour before <laughs> going to the theater mm-hmm. to see the new one. Yeah, and I, and I finished it the night before. Uh, I had seen it before, but it had been a while. And I think when I saw it, I was young because I did not pick up on a lot of the things that the movie was about. Um, <laughs> I think... So so the original one is a classic, and I understand why it is a classic. It kind of established this idea of... I'll, I'll put it another way. The, I was wondering going into that movie, what makes Michael Myers scary? You know, of all the bad guys that could be in movies, how come this one, this person with a mask and a knife that doesn't really demonstrate much of anything by way of, like terrifying attributes like what is scary about him and i think what's scary is he is just a force of nature he's this force of evil uh there's this line in a song i love by akava river now it's about a person who committed a murder that goes uh like I think that's like what Michael Myers is, is like evil doesn't look like anything. Evil is this thing, this blank face, this mask that is not readable. The motives are not understandable and it just keeps fucking coming <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't make sense. You think you can stop it, but it's just going to come again and again and again and again. There, there's this way he behaves when he gets like knocked down, when he gets stabbed or shot or whatever happens to him where he's laying for a second and then the soundtrack just goes like, boom, yeah, Bree! And he sits up, and it's like he's being like just pulled by a string, right? And then he's back, and he's coming at you again. Um, and I think the first movie established that in like a pretty compelling way. I think the opening to that movie is is great. The the opening where we see uh, young Michael Myers. We don't know that at the time. We're from yeah. the point of view of him stabbing his sister. Like even to the point where like I I know the character's name is Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I. When he walks outside and it's still in first person and the parents say Michael, I just assume Michael's the kid in the house Mm -hmm. and that he's killed him as well. And then, like, he's going to pull up the mask and reveal that, like, no, I'm not Michael. Stab, stab, stab. Like, I don't like it's like explosion, little child in a clown costume. Like, it's it's a pretty awesome opening to a film. Yeah, definitely. And and from the get go, too, I don't know what John Carpenter's thesis is here, but from the get go, like violence and the sexuality of, like, teenage girls is, like, very, very tied, right? He's a kid who is seeing his sister in a... I don't even remember the exact scenario she's in, but she's clearly, like, you know, getting ready to... <laughs> no, like, she is, she's... Sleep with it's, her boyfriend. It's, it's post-coital. Yeah. Um, and she's just, like, combing her hair in front of a mirror. Yeah, and there's just something he doesn't understand, and he stabs. And But he picks up the knife before he goes and stabs her. Right. Yeah. So we we don't know exactly why it's happening. I mean, he'd have to. That wouldn't make sense if he stabbed her before he picked up the knife. Yeah. But but so like that's a motif in the beginning, and then when he gets out, the people he is going after, unless it's just like in service to a goal. Like I think he stabs someone to get in the car, but otherwise he is going after girls who are like in homes who are like messing around with their boyfriend, and he even like 
stabs new ones in a way that is almost like an homage to the original woman that he killed. Yeah. So there's something very weird, like interesting here that's like mingling those two things. And I think the original is cheesy as fuck, of course. Like the dialogue is ridiculous. Uh, Dr. Loomis, the character, is like such a silly, silly, silly character who's just there like so he can pan at the camera and say like, Michael is coming, you know, and it, <laughs> it's all very silly, but I think it works. Like, I think the ambience works, and I think the soundtrack has a lot to do with it. I think that score is great and classic, and I don't know. It's just a, it's a classic kind of old 70s horror movie, and it definitely, like, set the ball rolling on this trope that would continue in a ton of different fronts. Um, the new movie, it was interesting watching it right after because you kind of see, like, okay, what, what are they doing here? What are they trying to homage? Why make this movie now 40 years after the original? And why is this the, quote, true sequel in the way that all the others that won't be mentioned are not? Yeah. And I think, for starters, it's definitely trying to pick up on that idea of Michael Myers as being just some almost unmotivated force of evil that just keeps coming and coming. I, I think in this movie, you're hardly even focusing on him. You're focusing on characters preparing for him. And... Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is basically the one person who is aware of what is coming and the extent of how much that matters, where her whole life has just been building and building and building to this moment where she will get to fight back against this thing that traumatized her as a little girl. Um, and I think when it's focused on that, it's just that dynamic of these two unstoppable, like an unstoppable force and an unstoppable object, right? Like yeah. getting ready to collide. I think the movie is, like, a pretty great sequel of it. Like, not necessarily perfectly made, like, still cheesy, still hokey, but, like, that basic theme of, like, this is going to be the resolution of this thing that happened 40 years ago with the same actress. Um, I thought that was cool. Like, I, I actually quite enjoyed getting to watch that play out. And yeah. I think if you look at the, quote, politics, not that I think the movie has a bunch of them, but this movie is clearly trying to take the original stuff about, like, girl sexuality and like be careful when you're home alone and you should be afraid of this you'd be afraid of that and flip it into now like the younger granddaughter has things happen to her with terrible guys and she basically just says like fuck you and storms away and the thrust of the movie is basically like generations of women that are kind of like fuck you to this monster that has been attacking them so it's, it's clearly doing something there where it like recognizes that the year it's in is different from the year you know in the 70s and it's deciding to like acknowledge that in a way um i think when this movie is I mean, doing the first character in this film to die pretty much dies in a port of like, a, like the yeah. bathroom at a gas station so i yeah. I don't know that that supports the... <laughs> sure, no, that one. But I, I, again, I, I don't know why they die except for it's in service to him getting a specific object that's going to be relevant later. <laughs> so much like the first movie, other people die if it's in service to a goal that he has. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I will say this time, though, Michael Myers, and where I think this movie goes off the rails a bit more is Michael Myers kills like way more at random, I think, in this movie than in the other one. I mean, there are scenes where he just, like, barges in and attacks someone. We see it in the trailer. Yeah. It, it isn't clear why he does that, and I don't think it, like, builds this mythology of him. It just makes him be this kind of, like, rampaging killer in a much more traditional, modern horror movie way. Yeah, it's, um, almost, it's almost like he's charging up, right? He has to get the first few kills out yeah. of the way just so he can, like, regain his evilness um, and then go after his actual target. Yeah, I, I also think when this movie deviates from, uh, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, or I'll say her heritage, because there's there's multiples, 
it was mostly boring to me. Like, I don't know, there there are things of, like, the relationship between him and the doctor. There's some podcast characters that are in the <laughs> in the movie in the beginning. It's so of this time that, like, every film, if they really want to have super douchey characters, they're always on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I always chuckle and I always die a little inside. Yeah, and the, the douchey podcast characters, like, they're all kind of one-offs and the watching them go through their journeys is a lot more just, like, I don't know, perfunctory horror shit of like, okay, now we're going to see the kill count go up. Uh, so in the end, I, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I thought like as a sequel, this did some things that were really fun. It definitely had a few shots that were clearly homaging the original. There's a fun one where Jamie Lee Curtis kind of turns the tables on a thing that happened in the original movie where now the the threat has flipped in a way that's kind of fun to watch. Um, Does it involve a window? Yeah, it involves okay. a window. Um <laughs> But, but overall, yeah, I don't know. It did service to the original, but the original was like an idea in the 70s. And I don't know that it needed to be updated in any way. Yeah. And I don't think this is really adding to it either. But I, I had fun with it. I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, to, to preface everything that I'm going to say, uh, it, it, it is extremely hard for me to watch really old films period mm-hmm. um they they come from a different time <laughs> obviously but there's also that there's just like a they lack the cadence of modern film um and sometimes it's hard to take seriously when i watch it as you said like the dialogue in the original halloween is god awful <laughs> it is really bad the acting is terrible pretty much across the board and it's it's, it's it, there were times when i was uh, uh w- watching the, the film um that I was just giggling at really dumb things that were happening in it, and, but I but I enjoyed aspects of it that were really fun. Um, as we as we talked about already, like the opening to the film is amazing, really really interesting. Um, I definitely feel that most horror because lots of people like to get together and watch horror films on mm-hmm. Halloween and laugh at how silly they are, and it's not just they like watching people get slashed up. It's there's a lot of cheese ball stuff yeah. about old horror films. And Halloween is not – it doesn't shy away from those same problems. Like mm-hmm. it's clearly a premise. There's this guy named Michael Myers who killed his sister and now he's just coming at people with knives. And that's the whole thing. It doesn't try to go deep into his psyche. It doesn't try to establish why he might be a sympathetic killer. It doesn't do anything. It's just here he is and now he's coming after people who have sex and they're going to die. You get to see a boob and then you get to see blood and then – Welcome to the 70s and 80s, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that, like, it is kind of hard to watch those films and see the merit. Um, You did a very good job of comparing it to a film that you didn't see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But all those things are apt. Like, this idea of this thing that is just coming all the time. It's the Pepe Le Pew of threats, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just a thing that is always coming towards you. And I, I like that aspect of it. There... It... It teeters that edge so hard. There's scenes where just, like... It, it it's it's just like him sticking his head out from behind a bush, <laughs> and then you're just like, what the fuck is this? I can see your feet. And like, char- yeah, yeah, characters just like, I'm gonna come around the bush and look at you. Oh my god, I'm he's knock gone. off Josh Gad. <laughs> well, that's that's the new. One. I'm still talking about the old, the original oh. one. <laughs> knock off Josh Gad. Got ahead of you. Was, was pretty great. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like it's hard to take those films seriously. Um, and I 
walking into this film, I was very much like, oh, I'm totally going to like this film. The, the, I'm going to like the new one more than I like the original one. Like Carson's going to yell at me. <laughs> and it's going to be some sin that I've committed. Um, but I was, I was prepared for it because I just can't take the older films seriously. I can appreciate what they do. I can appreciate the things that um, are built up on top of those. I've talked over the years on this podcast about a mockumentary called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, about this it's like this comedy mockumentary about this guy who wants to become one of these slasher uh, guys and he's just setting up based on the tropes of things from before. And it's like all of these films, these original films are all playing into this or the doc- documentary is, is borrowing from all these things to try to invent like where this lore comes from all these characters. Love that documentary. I enjoy watching slasher films just for fun. Um, but I just, I just don't take them seriously. Um, but when you watch one of the old ones and you watch one of the new ones, this magical synergy of seeing what came before and seeing what is here now, it it just becomes this beautiful little treat of mm-hmm. getting to see things pay off in ways that are super compelling that both films by themselves I probably would care nothing about. But the combination of seeing these two things back to back and watching them work over time, I don't have the nostalgia play, but I do have the seeing of how things carry forward and wh- what they try to add to the original story, what they take away from the original story. And I, I just... I thought this was really, really fun. Um, I was explaining to somebody today that this isn't just like a your average slasher film. This is like a revenge tale mm-hmm. <laughs> of a person who is laying in wait to to be like uh, to prepare for a thing that will maybe one day never come, but you know it will because it has to. And it's just there, there's something really fun about the journey these characters go on. Um, and I think that there is extremely dumb stuff in here. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis plays a person who for 40 years has been training with all this shit, has fortified a building, but still will put her head against a glass window that for some reason isn't fortified. Yeah. <laughs> for, as if that's like a thing that she was not trained not to do. Um, there, there's like silly things like that that don't make any sense. That I just go or like, like filling a room with a bunch of mannequins when your goal is to be able to hunt <laughs> down a guy who wears a white mask. The yeah. fuck you doing with the mannequins, yeah. Jamie? Things, things like that. Um, some of that stuff is so dumb, but I ate up every moment of this film. I really, really enjoyed it. Like <laughs> even, even like I, first of all, I thought the beginning of this film was pretty fucking badass. <laughs> it's not as impactful as suddenly the reveal that the person, even watching first person kill somebody as a child, but just that like nobody's talked to him ever. He doesn't speak to me. I've been his doctor. First of all. If he hasn't said a word to you, have you really been his doctor? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what have you been analyzing this whole time? I'll tell you what he's been analyzing. I want to know what it's like to kill. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that fucking guy. But no, yeah, like, I, I think that there's a lot of fun in this. And, I, and like, you know, a lot of times there's always, I mean, go back to like Jaws, right? We're like, we got to get everybody out of the water. And it's like, what? We can't close the water on beach day. <laughs> and then people start dying. And it's like, oh shit, get everybody out of the water. And it's like, what? It's not like we're going to cancel Halloween. <laughs> and I think just like the silliness of, of, of the world that we're living in is crazy. But uh, Mike Myers is Michael Myers. <laughs> I get him confused now. Um, it, it, he's a frightening dude. Right. He's yeah. he's very creepy. And and another thing that we've talked about is like I get I'm freaked out by people that I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. He is the ultimate 
Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what motivates him. I don't know what his goal is. He's just out there killing shit left and right for no reason um, in very brutal ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of all the people who got killed, I uh, probably don't want to be the attendant at the gas station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> that seemed to be pretty rough. <laughs> um, I, but yeah, so I, so I, I had fun with the film. I, I don't know. I don't want to be... Uh... It'd be a spoiler to say who it is, but somebody has a rather uh, uh, explosive ending. <laughs> I feel like that's a quicker go, though, then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> then you look like raw ground beef for the rest <laughs> of your time. But yeah, so anyways, I, I, I enjoyed the film immensely. There is some extremely, extremely, extremely dumb stuff in the film. Mm-hmm. Also, going go back to the original one, one of the dumb things that annoyed me the most was, uh, you know, the the doctor in that film has been hanging outside of the the the, the Myers house um, for hours, 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 hours. Directly across the street <laughs> is the car <laughs> that Mike Myers stole. <laughs> for Michael Myers, sorry, I'm just gonna keep mm-hmm. doing it the whole night. Uh, but across the street. He, it's been behind him the entire, the last hour of the film. And he's just like, why has he not come to the porch? Why? <laughs> why is he not here on the porch? And then finally he's like, oh, fuck, the car's been right there the whole time. And he wouldn't survive a day in the porch. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things where it's like character is just, I get that it's supposed to be that feeling of a thing that's, it's, it's like modern horror films, right? Where like the ghost, the apparition comes up behind you and then when you turn around, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of supposed to be that sort of trope. Really, really dumb. Going to this film, there is a house owned by a person in this film and that owner wants Michael Myers to come to that house, right? Mm. That's not the Myers house, right? No. As far as I can tell, no. I'm, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's just a house in a forest. How on God's green earth was Michael Myers supposed to know that he needs to go to that house? Yeah, so I don't... I feel like the trailer definitely plays up the idea of, like, I've been praying for him to escape so I could kill him. Yeah. I feel like that line in the movie almost feels out of place because what she's really doing is, like, embracing the inevitability that this will happen and it's just gearing up for it. Yeah, yeah, but... And that seems closer to it, where, like, nobody knows why he would find it or how, but she just knows, like, somehow this force is going to get here. Yeah, but I... So so for me, what I would do if I was Jamie Lee Curtis and I survived this and I had this goal, I would buy the Myers house. I'd move to China. Because... (laughs) Are you just quoting people who are talking about how they'd get away from the It Follows thing? (laughs) Um, anyways, uh, so I, I, I would buy the Myers house and that would be the place I would lay in wait because clearly in the first film, when he kills the one girl, he places her in his sister's bed with the gravestone of the sister on top of it. Mm -hmm. He's clearly trying to recreate something there. Right. So why would you just be like, well, I mean, he'll definitely know to go to the forest where my shooting range is. Right? Like, it doesn't make sense why Michael Myers would know where to go. What's interesting, though, is the mechanism this movie finds for getting him there actually does, like, make sense. Um, it just attributes a lot more intent to to things. But it, anyway, it would be too spoilery to talk about it. 
but I, I thought that was kind of the, the places this movie goes are both like very gratifying because you get I don't think this counts as a spoiler you get that confrontation that you wanted in this movie like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't just leave you hanging there you definitely get it the way it brings you there there are so many like moments where you're just like don't do that like don't put your head next to the window yeah <laughs> don't put your head next to the window don't follow that person you know don't get into the back of the closed car yeah. reverse and forward again <laughs> <laughs> so that is the thing too okay going once again i know this is a horror film trope of don't continually try to kill the thing that's trying to kill you after you've knocked it unconscious or whatever right the original that, halloween did that to such an amazing degree in the ending of it when she's like well i poked him once i'm gonna just turn around and cry now <laughs> there's that that shot where she's sitting she's not even in the room anymore she's like hanging her head out the other side and she's like hey uh come talk to me child but i i, I yeah I, I don't get why in any film you don't just violently stab the shit out of the killer after you've knocked them down mm-hmm Especially, and it's, if you're definitely not going to do it, at least do like in the in the cop movies, right? Where like they kick the gun away. <laughs> yeah, she straight up in the first Halloween just drops ha- the knife. She next has to his him. knife, then goes like, "Well, he must be out," and then she just sets it right next to him. It's like the handles to him and everything. <laughs> it's just also some continuity errors in the first Halloween. The knife's upstairs. There was just the confrontation, and when they do the establishing shot of the kitchen, the knives. In the kitchen, too. Mm. Mm. Shit. Think about that. What if there's more than one knife? <laughs> there's not, though. Because <laughs> it's the knife from the earlier scene mm. that they take upstairs. Mm. Speaking of things that happen upstairs, can we talk about the greatest little kid in a movie this year? <laughs> yes. the, the child that is being babysat is the greatest kid ever. I, I loved that kid, and I don't know if he's been in other things or not, but I want him to be in everything. You guys talking about weed? <laughs> he was hilarious. I I like too the um that girl's boyfriend in this movie. She he was uh in Blockers also as like okay. a this drug. I think he was known as like the chemist or something. He's a a drug guy. Um, and I thought he played both characters very well. I liked him as the kind of spacey. So is he shady? Is he not? I, that's the thing is the male characters in this movie, like at least at first glance, they all seem harmless, the, right? The one who blows up the pumpkin? Yeah. 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 yeah they all seem kind of harmless, but then most of them show like some kind of shittier tendencies later. Um, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I like the kids in this movie. I like the granddaughter character too. I think she was good. Yeah. I think everyone plays up their role to the hammy degree that they need to. Yeah. <laughs> I do. My, my favorite moment in the film is is the the line that we've been saying a bunch of times, uh, where she's like, "I've prayed every night that he would escape so that I can kill him." And then the cop is just like, "Oh, well, that was a dumb thing to pray for." <laughs> it's just so great. I love that response. I think the best bit of dialogue though involved bon me sandwiches. It was pretty good. It was a very specific joke, it seemed like. Yeah, it was. It was but I, I appreciated it. <laughs> I did like to... So I thought the intro to this movie was pretty good. I, I, did, I didn't love it. Um, you didn't get a little bit of goosebumps? Uh, maybe I got some goosebumps. I thought... I don't even want to spoil it, so I'm not even going to say what I thought would happen. Um, I mean, I assume it, it relates to his arm being over the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I did really love that immediately after that, the 
the old school title card comes up and you're right back in the 70s Halloween. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a cool intro. That was like a very confident way of being like, boom, John Carpenter, we're doing this again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it definitely felt cool to have those same like glowy letters. I, I also, I want to rant similarly to how we ranted last week about First Man being politicized. Um, I saw some takes on the internet Ugh. of this movie stigmatizing mental illness when the whole mythology is so clearly that like, He's, he's evil. He's the embodiment evil. of pure evil. Yeah. Um, if that is stigmatizing mental illness, then I don't know what is. But I will say, if I were looking at that angle, that intro scene where literally everyone in this nonviolent mental health hospital are like screaming and barking in like evil ways, <laughs> that maybe tips a little bit more. But Michael Myers as a character doesn't tip that way. True. <laughs> Maybe mental illness is actually the heightened form of evolution, and <laughs> you can pick up on pure evil if you're mentally ill. Mm-hmm. What about that? I think you might be at risk of a predator coming and snatching you. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else can we say about this film, Halloween? It, it's definitely more fun to watch than it is to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I just... I just summarized the problem of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And on that note, uh, should we get to verdict, Stephen? Sure. All right. If you're going to give this a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I don't know, because I don't know if I'm grading on a curve and what curve I'm grading on. Like, I had fun. I was never bored of this movie. I thought, like, as a sequel to the original, it does... A pretty good job. I don't think it isn't as focused as the original. And like, it's also not fair because 40 years later, I guess I just expect different things from movie. I, I wouldn't even say the first one's focused. It's like there's no explanation for what's happening or where the mask came from or anything. <laughs> so. Well, so here's the thing. I think what the, what the first one does really well is it establishes what thing is scary. And in the first one, the thing is big empty houses, right? It's like babysitting. It's suburbia. It's the idea that there's all these places that somebody can come in and you're all alone in this big house and you don't know if a thing is in the room anymore. This new one like didn't really have that clean summary. I feel like he kills indiscriminately in all sorts of different places and there's not really like the one thing that you get to be afraid of. Um, Like teeth are involved too, like just for the trailer, I think. Also, her house is fucking dumb. The whole plan is dumb. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to go into spoilers. <laughs> but seems like a real easy way to handle all that shit. Just wire up all those doors to one central location, which she already has. I got an idea for you, too. <laughs> um, without putting away spoilers, there's another place you could have put fire. <laughs> it's a little less roundabout. <laughs> Uh. Anyway, I, I I don't know. A fun wait for rental? Like, this would be a fun rental to watch after the original one. Uh, <laughs> I had fun with it, but, like, it, it didn't give me much either. So, yeah. a, a, a positive peppy wait for rental. I, I'm going to bump it up to a recommend the caveat. I mean, this movie is dumb. <laughs> there are some really dumb things, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really fun. And I think that it's, it plays, it, it the original one, it's made in the 70s. It's goofy. It's straight up goofy. It's scary. 
in that if that was really happening, it would be scary, but it's also kind of goofy. This one at least makes him, makes Michael Myers frightening as a thing, as an entity, in a way that I think the other one didn't. It also kind of makes him superhuman. <laughs> um, but I, but I, The other one did, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Certainly the, the final shot of him being there and then not being there after everything he's endured is like hinting that he's superhuman. Yeah. And I will definitely say too, whatever regimen they have on in that, him on in that mental hospital, I mean, 40 years later, he's... He he's did, on some Tom he did, shit. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't lose any stature at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How many medichlorians or whatever Scientologists believe in do you think he has? Medichlorians. He just offended a lot of force believers. <laughs> Uh, but but anyways, yeah, I, I, I thought it was wor- worth the watch. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, if you're just going into it cold with no context for the original. Um, why? <laughs> why? I mean, it's it. I, I, we, we always do this thing that we talk about where like I'll rent something on iTunes just because I am cheap. Um, but like it's not that much more to just buy it. I I was I went on to, to the iTunes store um, because it didn't appear to be streaming in uh, Netflix or Hulu, yeah. and uh, it was like three ninety nine to rent HD. Buy it four ninety nine. Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> I clicked rent, and then it popped up. Are you sure? And then I hit cancel, and I, hit buy, and I just bought it. So I had it in the collection. But I was like, I just fucking it's five dollars. Go, it's a coffee. It's mm-hmm. a coffee. Go watch the movie, and then go movie pass or cinema or AMC stub list this movie in theaters because it's it's fun and it's an enjoyable time. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I think that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwing.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can do so by sending an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will be the theme to Halloween, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, yeah, that's it. That is a review. We're going to take off, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.